0: Okay, let's pray together and ask God to meet us in his word. Lord, thank you so much for this Christmas season. What amazing truths we can talk about. We love you for this. That this all happened 2,000 years ago here on planet Earth. You, God, came and were born as a baby. And that changes everything. And so I pray that you would powerfully work in our hearts as we open up the scriptures now and work in my heart. Lord, help me to be clear and um, faithful to your word. And would you pour out your Holy Spirit, touch each of us in new, fresh ways with the meaning of Christmas, the birth of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Good. Well. Again, like I said, we love having you kids in here with us this morning, and, and so there's going to be a couple of different times where I'm going to ask you questions, and, and uh, so we need your help just to, you know, get, get input from the kids who are here, part of the service. So let's start off with a question. So kids, you just shout out the answer for this. When you finish your last day of school, what do you know is coming next? Vacation, really quick. Okay, I love that. Another example. When the lights in the movie theater go off, you know what's coming next. Okay, kids, come on now. Okay, all right, movie. Thank you. And then one more. When the Christmas tree goes up, what do you know is coming next? Christmas. Okay. So, so often, one thing leads to another, and that's how God set things up when He planned the most important event in world history. The birth of his son here on planet Earth, Jesus Christ. That's how he set things up. One thing leads to another. Just like Christmas tree set up leads to, you know, Christmas is coming. And the last day of school, you know, summer's coming. And the lights, movie theater go off, you know, the movie's coming. So God set things up so when one thing happened, we know that his son was going to be born. So what is that event that God chose to lead the way, to to prepare the way for Jesus' coming? Don't answer. Let's look at uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. So go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. And if you need a Bible, raise your hands. We are ordering more Bibles. I hear that we're running out, which is a good problem. We're going to be ordering, actually we've already ordered some more of those. Thank you, Amanda. But Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 is on page 802 in the Bibles we passed out. So, kids, you can share with your parents if you want to. Here's where we read about what events God chose would lead to Jesus' birth. Now, here's here's some background. All through the Old Testament, God had promised that He would send the Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He said the Messiah would be born as a baby, but He would also be fully God. Miracle. Fully man, fully human, fully God and that the Messiah would pay for our sins so we could be completely forgiven, totally forgiven before God and have the joy of knowing Him and loving Him and worshiping Him. So all through the Old Testament, God said He would send the Messiah. But God also said that He was going to do something that would lead the way to the birth of the Messiah, that would lead to His birth. And we read about that right here, Malachi chapter 3, Verse one. Now, this was written 450 years before Jesus' birth, this prophecy. Malachi 3, verse 1. Here's what God says. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. So God's going to send a messenger who would prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. Keep reading. And the Lord whom you seek, that's Jesus the Messiah will then suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, again, Jesus the Messiah, behold, he is coming. So one thing leads to another. God sends his messenger who would prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. And we can read more in the Old Testament about who is this messenger. What do we know about this messenger? Two really important things about this messenger. One is... He was going to be a prophet like Elijah. And the second thing was, he was going to turn Israel back to God. Prophet like Elijah, turn Israel back to God. That's who this messenger is going to be, who'd be preparing for the way of the the Messiah. So, all of Israel was waiting and longing and hoping for the Messiah, but also for the one who would prepare the way for the Messiah. Because they knew when he came... The Messiah was going to be, like, right here next. So they were waiting for this one who would come like Elijah the prophet and who would turn Israel back to God. They were waiting. They were longing. Year after year after year after year. Hundreds of years waiting, longing, praying. And then one day, an old man named Zechariah was in the temple worshiping God. He loved God. And he was in the temple worshiping God, and while he was there worshiping God, an angel came and said something shocking. What did the angel say? Good question. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 13. That's way back to the right, page 855. What did the angel tell this man named Zechariah, this old man who loved God in the temple worshiping God? Angel came. What did the angel say to him? Now, Two things you need to know about about Zechariah. First of all, Zechariah and Elizabeth, his wife, had not been able to have any children. So they were very old. They were past the time when moms and dads can have babies. They were way past that age. But Zechariah had kept praying, give us a baby. We pray for a baby. I know we're old. You did something amazing for Abraham and Sarah a long time ago in the Bible. Give us a baby. And look what the angel says to Zechariah in verses 13 and 14. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. So Zechariah's prayers were going to be answered. God was going to give him and Elizabeth a child in their old, old age, a baby named John. And I remember at the same time all of God's people were waiting for this messenger who would be a prophet like Elijah and who would turn Israel's hearts back to God. So listen to this next thing that the angel says in verse 16. And he, Zechariah, this this baby can be born to you and Elizabeth, named John, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So Zechariah is hearing this thinking, not only are we going to have a baby in our old age, our baby is going to be the messenger who God had said would prepare people for the coming of the Messiah. That's who this baby is going to be. Now at first... Zechariah did not believe the angel. He should have believed the angel. But he didn't believe the angel. And so the angel wanted to show Zechariah that Zechariah could believe the angel. And so the angel said, because you're not believing, you're not going to be able to talk from now until this baby is born so that you can see that I'm here with God's power speaking God's truth. And so then maybe Zechariah like... to say something, and he wasn't able to, okay? So he knew this angel has God's power, and so this angel is speaking God's truth. And so at that point, Zechariah believed, but he still wasn't able to talk. But hang on, we'll get to that. So, one thing leads to another. Okay, in the Old Testament, God had said, I'm going to send a messenger like Elijah who will turn Israel's hearts back to God, and then will come the Messiah. So now an angel has come and has told Zechariah, you will give birth to this messenger, okay? And then, six months later, that same angel goes to a young girl named Mary. And look at what he said to Mary. What did the angel tell Mary? A little bit of background about Mary too, so you understand how she would have felt about what he, the angel was telling her. Mary was not married, and so she couldn't get pregnant, okay? And Mary was a Jewish girl, young Jewish girl, who loved God and loved the Old Testament scriptures. And so she would have known what the Old Testament said about the coming Messiah. She would have known that the Messiah was going to be born as a baby boy. She would have also known that the Messiah would be God's son, So not only a a human baby boy, but also fully God, God's son. So baby boy, God's son. She would have also known that this baby was going to be born in the line of David. He was going to be a king in the line of David. That's who this Messiah was going to be. And then fourth, that his kingdom would have no end. All these were prophecies given in the Old Testament hundreds of years before Jesus. So this is what Mary is thinking. She's she's not married. she's, She's not going to get pregnant. And she knows the Messiah is going to come born as a baby, son of God, fully God, in the light of David, a king. His kingdom will never end. And so look at what the angel says to Mary, starting in verse 30. And think of how she would have felt when the angel says these things. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son... And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. So Mary knew God's going to work a miracle. Okay? She's going to have a baby, alright, by God's power alone, miracle, and this baby is going to be the Messiah, okay, born as a baby boy, the son of God, a king in the line of David whose kingdom will never end. I'm going to have a baby by God's power alone, and this baby is going to be the Messiah. Okay, so the Old Testament had said that the messenger would lead to the Messiah, okay, an angel had gone to Zechariah and said, your wife is going to give birth to the messenger. All right. So what did God do next? Look at verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Remember, who is Elizabeth's baby going to be? John the Baptist, right? The messenger, okay? Verse 58, and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. So the angel had said. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he, Zechariah, asked for a writing tablet, because he couldn't talk, remember? And so he wrote, his name is John, right? And they all wondered, and immediately his mouth was opened, and his tongue loosed, and he spoke Blessing God. So he hadn't talked for nine months. Okay? And this moment when he shows that he is believing God because he says, yes, his name should be John. That's what the angel said. I believe what the angel said. Boom, he's talking now. Verse 65. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, what then will this child be for the hand of the Lord was with him? So Elizabeth gave birth to the messenger, John the Baptist, who is going to prepare the way for the Messiah. Now, Christmas Eve, we're going to go ahead and move in the passage and see about the birth of Jesus, but the rest of this passage for us today is to explain what does the birth of John the Baptist mean? What does the birth of this messenger mean? And Zechariah explains, starting in verse 67, what does the birth of John the Baptist mean? Verse 67, his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us. That's a name for Jesus. That's what he's calling Jesus. He's a horn of salvation in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. So Zechariah says the birth of John, John the Baptist, means God is going to send the Messiah Jesus. Jesus is, is on his way. He's just about here. And notice he says that Jesus is a horn of salvation. Thinking of, of animals with horns. Okay, Now kids... What are some animals that have horns? Let's just kind of get a picture of what we're talking about here. What kind of animal? What was that? Goats. What else? Water buffalo. What else? Ox. Okay, what else? Bulls. Anything else? Deer. Moose. Okay, reindeer. All right, okay. So, and animals' horns are strong. That's the point, right? Horns are strong, and Jesus is called the horn of salvation because his salvation is really strong. Now, here's why this is so important for you to know that Jesus' salvation is really strong. Kids and adults, okay, we all have times when our hearts feel far from God, okay? When our hearts are feeling selfish, when our hearts want to do bad things when our hearts just are not interested in God. We all have times. I have times like that. You have times, kids, adults, we all have times like that. And Jesus is the horn of salvation because His saving power is so strong that He can change your heart no matter how far from God you feel, no matter how selfish you're feeling, no matter how much you want to do bad things. His power can change your heart by dying on the cross and rising from the dead. He broke the power of sin. So when you call upon Him and say, help, and use the word and pray, He will bring His power upon you, the horn of salvation, strong like an animal's horn, and He will break the power of sin in your heart and He will change how you're feeling. This is beautiful. So see, some of you, kids, adults, you may be feeling like, this following Jesus stuff isn't for me, all this manger stuff, I'm not feeling spiritual at all in my heart. That's okay. That's totally okay. You say, why is that okay? It's because when you turn, this morning you will turn and say, Jesus, change my heart. Help me. I want to love you. I want to, to love God. I want to follow you and worship you and have you be my joy. If you will meaningfully pray that, The horn of salvation, Jesus whose salvation is stronger than what's in your heart, he will set you free. He will change your heart. You will feel differently because Jesus is the horn of salvation. Again, his death and his resurrection has broken the power of sin. I mean, almost every day, I have times where my heart feels far from God. I'm a pastor, okay? And pastors are no different, all right? I have times when my heart feels far from God and when I turn to him and say, help me, change me, use your word, give me a promise I can pray over, show me who you are, change my heart. He faithfully changes my heart. Horn of salvation, strong enough to change our hearts no matter how far from God we're feeling. So no matter how far from God you're feeling this morning, you don't need to stay there. Because Jesus is the horn of salvation. Isn't this awesome? Amazing news. And then, Zechariah goes on, and he describes what will happen to those who do turn and put their trust in Jesus the Messiah. And look at what he says will happen that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers. And to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Now what Zechariah is talking about here is what we who trust Jesus will experience in heaven. I'm not sure if Zechariah understood all that. He was still thinking in terms of a lot of Old Testament language, which wasn't crystal clear on this point. But that's what he's talking about. He's talking about what we who trust Jesus will experience in heaven. Okay. Then Zechariah answers this this really important question. This is where he where he ends up and what he says here. What will John the Baptist do? What will this messenger do? And you can just picture, at this point, he's he's talking right to his baby son. Verse 76, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God. Don't you love that phrase? Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Okay, so John the Baptist is going to be a prophet sent from God To prepare the way for the Messiah, and the way he would prepare people is by preaching to be preaching and he 's going to preach and tell people that because of the Messiah, their sins can be forgiven so they can come to God, not fear punishment from God anymore, but come and have the joy of knowing God so so John the Baptist, the messenger is going to be preaching all these things and to explain. Zach, uh, John the Baptist's message, Zechariah uses three important words, which I want to make sure you kids all get, because you can quiz your parents about them during lunch today, okay? Three important words. Darkness, mercy, and sunrise. Okay, darkness, mercy, and sunrise. So kids, what's the first word? Darkness. What's the second word? Mercy. And the third word? Sunrise. Okay, we'll get them. Darkness, mercy, and sunrise. So let's start with darkness. What's he talking about with darkness? To give light to those who sit in darkness. Here's what's happened. We've all turned our backs on God. We've all turned away from Him and and thought other things are going to make us happier than knowing God. We've all done that. Okay, Every single one of us. And that's what the Bible calls sin. And God is perfectly good, righteous, holy, and He cannot have relationship with sin, so because of our sin, God separates from us. So we are left without God. God moves out of our lives because of our sin. And when your life doesn't have God, it's like you are in darkness. Okay? Pitch darkness. Gloomy darkness. Sad darkness. Scary darkness. Life without God is like life in scary, gloomy, sad darkness. Darkness. What was the second word? Mercy. Mercy. But God has mercy. What is mercy? Mercy means wanting to do something really, really good for people who do not deserve it at all. That's mercy. Wanting to do something really special, really good, for someone who is not at all deserving. And so when God looks at us, we've turned our backs on him, He's holy. He's had to move away from our lives. We're left in scary darkness, sad darkness, gloomy darkness. But when He looks at us, He feels mercy. Tender mercy. I love that phrase. God looks at you and He feels tender mercy. Loving mercy. Kind mercy. Isn't God wonderful? That we've turned our backs on Him and He he looks at us with tender, loving, kind mercy. And because of his tender mercy, what was the third word? Sunrise, okay? Remember, darkness, mercy, sunrise. Because of his tender mercy, he brings the sunrise to us. Now, here's a question. How many of you, kids, have ever been awake so early in the morning that it's still pitch dark outside, and you stayed awake to watch the sun come up? Okay, a few of you have, okay? So so it all starts off pitch dark, and then you see the sun just start to come up. And slowly it's like it gets a little lighter, and a little lighter, and a little lighter until you've gone from pitch dark to blazing light, right? The sun has risen, and there it is, okay? Jesus is like the sunrise coming up on people who have been in scary darkness, gloomy darkness, sad darkness, shining light, taking all the darkness away. Now this is the point of the Christmas story. This is what Christmas is all about. And we give presents and receive presents as a picture of this amazing gift that God has given to us because of His tender mercy. This morning, some of you are in darkness. Okay? You've turned your backs on God. You've thought, something else is going to make me happier than God. I'm going to trust something else instead of God. That's what the Bible calls sin. And God has... Stepped away from your life, and you are left in scary darkness, gloomy darkness, sad darkness. Some of you this morning are still in darkness. Kids, some of you, adults, some of you, you're still in darkness. But God has mercy, tender mercy, loving mercy. He's looking at you right now with mercy, mercy, love, tender mercy. And He sent Jesus, the Messiah, born on this earth 2,000 years ago, really born on this earth, and he sent his son, Jesus the Messiah, whose death on the cross would pay for your sin. He would be punished in our place so that we could be completely forgiven. And when you then turn to Jesus and you say, I want to trust you, I'm going to turn from whatever else I was trusting to make me happy, I'm going to trust you to save me, to forgive me, to change me, to guide me, to fill me. The moment you turn to Jesus and put your trust in him, he will come into your life like the sun rising upon a dark world. And the, the darkness will be gone. And his light will shine. And you will know him. So see, that's the point of Christmas. Darkness, mercy. What's the third one? Sunrise. Okay, kids, what's the first one? Darkness. Okay, what's the second one? Mercy. And what's the third one? Sunrise. Okay, darkness because we've all turned our backs on God. He's moved out of our life. We deserve his punishment, but he has looked upon us. Second word is with mercy. And so he sent Jesus who would be punished in our place so we could be forgiven for our sin And then when we trust him, he rises upon our lives. He enters our lives like sunrise shining into a dark world. He will rise and shine his light into your dark heart, and you'll be forgiven. You'll be changed. You'll be saved. You'll be happy because you know his love for you. That's what Christmas is all about. That's the Christmas story. Now, here's what I want to encourage you. I mean, you're here. You're hearing this Christmas story. You've been talking to the kids. Some of you kids... This morning is the morning when God wants you to turn and trust Jesus. If if you're not trusting him, this is the morning he wants you to. That's why you're here, to put your trust in Jesus, to forgive you, to change you, to fill you, to shine on you so that the darkness is gone. And adults, I know we're talking kids here and talking with kids analogies, but you get this, don't you? Adults, and some of you are in darkness, I would assume in a group this size. Let Christmas 2012... Be the the, the Christmas when you experience what Christmas is all about. Darkness, yes, my heart's dark. I understand God has tender mercy towards me and sent the Messiah so that if I trust him, he will rise with his light, forgive me, change me, the darkness will go, I will have the joy of knowing God in the person of Jesus. So this morning, turn and put your trust in Jesus. Tell him you're sorry ask Him to forgive you, ask Him to change you, ask Him to fill you, and He will. Now let's all stand. I want to pray this over us. Especially want to be praying and, 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 and have you, if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, if you're just a kid, not just a kid, if you're a kid, we're glad you're here. If you're an adult, in between, so here's I want to lead out, and if that's what's in your heart, then in your heart pray, and you talk to God through Jesus. And if this is what is in your heart and you mean it, then then you pray this. Say, God, I am sorry for having turned away from you. Just say that in the quietness of your heart. I'm sorry for having turned away from you. I'm sorry for thinking other things were going to make me happy. I know that's sin. Forgive me, please. Thank you for your tender mercy and that you sent Jesus 2,000 years ago to be born so that he would grow up and then would die on the cross in my place so I could be forgiven for my sins. Thank you for your tender mercy and for sending Jesus. Thank you. And I want to trust Jesus right now. I'm trusting your Holy Son, Jesus, to save me, to forgive me. I'm trusting Jesus. I'm looking to Jesus to change me. Jesus, come now. Forgive me and change me and fill me. Let your light shine into my heart now so I know you so the darkness is gone I'm a new person that's what he will do as you put your trust in Jesus some of the rest of you maybe it's been a long time since you have experienced the light of Jesus like sunrise shining into your heart and maybe you gave your life to the Lord at some time past or maybe you've drifted maybe you've been far from him today, right now, see his tender mercy see the forgiveness you can have in Jesus, see that he is the horn of salvation whose power can change your heart no matter how far you feel from him his power, his power can change your heart he does not ask us to change ourselves, his power can change your heart So turn to him. Tell him you're sorry. Trust Jesus' death to forgive you. Trust Jesus' power to change you. As you turn from everything else and trust Jesus, he will. Thank you, God, so much for having John the Baptist's birth prepare people for the coming of Jesus. Thank you for John the Baptist preaching about forgiveness of sins and about darkness and about the sunrise of Jesus. We are so happy that we can have your light shining in our hearts because of what Jesus has done. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.